to the 3WEDU In Vino Fabulum podcast. That's In Wine Story. I'm Laura. And I'm Patrice. And we're your co-hosts for the In Vino Fabulum. That, that is the vignette episode, the small episodes where we talk about something short and sweet to do with either women or wine. Uh, so tonight we are going to talk about temperature and storage. What the temp. Does wine storage matter? What do you think, Patrice? I think that I am excited about this episode. It's been, I do have a wine refrigerator, but my wine refrigerator is single zone, meaning it's all one temperature. So I've often wondered about the difference of where I should store my wine in the refrigerator, but also does it really matter? Yeah, and I've thought about this differently for a while. So when you grow up and you see wine stored one way, you probably just copy what the next person did. And I think we often have uh, what sommeliers in the wine country and the wine world call the Goldilocks problem with wine. So wine can either be too cold, you can hardly taste it, and that's why they also have cold beverages like beer that is really not that great tasting. It's usually pretty cold. Um, and then they also have too warm when it just tastes disgusting. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, how wine might be stored, whether it's at your house, um, on the road, in a restaurant, because often the reality is wine's often served at the wrong temperature. So it's not just you and it's not just me. I don't have a wine fridge, so that's pretty fancy of you, Patrice. I'm very fancy. I know. So... Back in the day when wine was first made, um, let's take you back to Renaissance before early times, uh, two benchmarks controlled wine, wine service, and how it was served. So the temperature of the wine um, was often indicated by the temperature of the room. And if you were staying in a, let's say, a castle in Europe, the temperature would be in the low 60s degree Fahrenheit or 15, 16 degrees Celsius. So you often served it at that temperature, in room temperature. Um, my castle doesn't exist, sadly. Uh, does yours, Patrice? No. Okay, so I guess that's why you got the fridge. So <laughs> yeah. essentially, um, we, we look at serving wine at room temperature, and the room temperatures there were, were a bit colder. Uh, so they're not temperatures where I live in Texas, and they're not temperatures that are around the world. So... Um, castles had big stone walls, really cool areas, and often had cellars. And the other way they served, whether it's whites or red, would be at a cellar temperature, so often chilled. And this is what we try to replicate today with our, our temperatures. So when we say room temperature, it depends on how warm your room is, and your room or your restaurants or your house may be warmer than the temperature should be. So room temperature, I'm using air quotes you can't see, it may not be a perfect temperature. So we could talk a little bit about that. How do you like your wine temperature, Patrice? So I am a red wine drinker. Mm-hmm. I will drink the occasional white, but primarily red. <clears throat> so with that in mind, it's you know pretty close to room temperature. You know, I definitely know just from taste that you know if a red wine is too cold it just doesn't have that same rich bold flavor yeah and we'll make note that patrice lives further north than i do in the united states of america so it might be a bit cooler there um Mm -hmm. so that's good when i met my uh in-laws in ireland they they just put it out in this like kind of 
porch area that they put cold, like food that could stay cold because it's cool there. So um, typically they recommend the temperature for reds um, around uh, 54 to 66 Fahrenheit or 12 to 19 degrees Celsius. So depending mm-hmm. on how warm your house is, you have a cool house then, Patrice. Yes. That's good. I do. Perfect for wine. <laughs> She's just, yeah. <laughs> your client is just for wine. I get it. That's great. Yeah. You can send yeah. your wine, anyone who's listening. So yeah. um, my house is not that cool. So, uh, but I do think about um, storage. We'll get to that in a, in a second. Uh, I drink reds like Patrice and also whites. And so I live in almost summer climate year round. So white wines or sparkling wines are typically chilled between they recommend 8 to 12 celsius or 46 55 fahrenheit and you're sparkling just at a little bit cooler temperature so those are the optimal ways to store i don't have a storage controlled uh, fridge but i have a fridge that some of these go into and they might go into different regions of my fridge if i have um, an ice box that's at a different temperature or i need to dump them into a bucket of ice to chill them. So there's different ways to get your wines to those temperatures. You don't necessarily have to get a thermometer out, but you have to have some idea, does this taste fully or you gain the full flavor, I think, in your wine. So um, have you had a poor experience trying a wine and you were like, this is too warm or too cold? I definitely have, yes. Especially with, uh, of course, you know, with red wine more so it being too cold or white wine being too warm. And I will say I do like a white wine in the summer. Mm -hmm. And I've been known to, you know, maybe put an ice cube in there to keep it chilled. So, uh, and, you know, and I think people probably like if you've been to a restaurant, a lot of times, like when they serve a bottle of red, they will just set it on the table where if you have white, it frequently comes in an ice bucket. Yeah, and one thing you can ask, if you notice, let's say the red was stored in a way that you don't prefer or the, t- the flavor's not fully there and you think it sh- can be chilled, you can ask for an ice bucket. So that's a really quick way is to put your bottle into a um, mixture of ice and cold water to bring the temperature down to its optimal degree. So you want to think about, is this flavor really the flavor I want? Um, if you're at a very high-end place, they probably have that under control, and they may have the sommelier that brings out the wine, but um, not always places uh, don't always think about their storage, or they think it's a red, so it doesn't really have to be that cool, when actually it should be cooler than some of our average temperatures, especially if you're near and storing your wines in a kitchen or near a kitchen, um, it's going to heat up based on the environment around. So Yeah, and that, yeah. that's interesting because I... I had never thought about the idea of chilling a bottle of red. Like for me, if you know, the red is sitting on my counter and I open it up, usually that's and maybe that's because my house is a little bit cooler. But you know, usually that's a pretty good temperature. Um, but in doing a little bit of the research that we did, uh, you know, they do recommend that you can put your red wine in the fridge for forty five minutes or ten minutes in an ice bucket. And I have to say that the idea of putting a bottle of red in an ice, bu- ice bucket is very counterintuitive to me. But um, <laughs> but it's good. It's, it's a good way to get it iced and cold really yeah, but, quickly. No. <laughs> yeah, no. So they recommend it because it brings out some of the um, fruitiness. Or if you have a low tannin red wine, like a Beaujolais, you might want to cool down much more so you have more of the fruitiness to come out of it. And 
Um, I just know where my wine is stored in a house. I have a wine rack that's in a, a pantry. It's dark, and you really want to store your wine away from any sort of sunshine, fluorescent lighting. Uh, you want to keep it shaded so it stays the same flavor and balance that was once created through that viticulture. And I think about this a lot because I know where our our wine is stored. It is probably a little bit warmer. The circulation in that pantry isn't the ideal, like until I can move to my castle, Patrice, I, I know the temperature is going to be a bit warmer. So we do put in bottles of wine before we drink them in the fridge. And uh, they do go in probably yeah when we're cooking. So if we start cooking a meal, it's going to take 45 minutes to an hour to prepare. A bottle of wine should be in there. If it's not already, then we correct that and make sure it's in there to chill. Um, and what I found interesting, so they recommend... Um, something that's counterintuitive that's uh, called chill your reds, warm your whites. I never really thought about warming the whites. And I, I kind of laughed because I've seen my father-in-law put uh, either the red and the white on the top of the fireplace at home. And mm-hmm. that was to get it warm. But I never really thought about like warming up a white. Have you done that before? I have not. And that actually was something that surprised me as well. Like in my mind you know like I might put a bottle of white in the fridge and so when I'm ready to drink it I just open it up and drink it and never thought of that idea of actually letting the white wine warm up like you said that it's very counterintuitive yeah and I guess the idea of the cool temperatures the white you don't want that cool you want it not cold sorry but cool because that temperature is Mm -hmm. going to give you more of that taste the lighter fresher uh, feel and also it hits the your taste buds in a different way if it's at a different temperature so I thought about that I was like that makes sense like just like eating an ice cream or a popsicle or something mm-hmm. that the flavor changes once it kind of um I guess de-thaws a bit and you're like mm-hmm. oh I can taste this flavor in this ice cream or this gelato and it's something that we probably we really like wine don't let it sit or warm up before we have it but it's good to know to take it out they recommend um taking it out what 20 minutes before or half hour before Mm -hmm. you're gonna eat which i was like noted because i chill my glasses so glasses stay in the freezer see episode uh three and Mm -hmm. bottle comes out so that's good to know for the white wine that is good to know and uh it's a delicate balance because something else I had, you know, I, I of course knew that, you know, it was never good to say, you know, store my white wine in the back of my car on a hundred degree day uh, because that ruins the wine. But I really never knew, like, you know, the the chemistry behind it. And so, it, you know, a sudden increase in temperature can force the wine through the cork and a sudden decrease actually allows air in. So while the wine is still corked, you do have to be careful to try and keep it at a constant temperature. Yes, because you may have the fault that some of us have had where that wine turns to vinegar. And so this is something that you want to do is to keep your temperatures the same, not have any, they call it temperature shocks, like rapid change from conditions. So an example, I've seen kitchens that have wine racks that are so cute and right beside the stove or the oven. And that means your bottles are going to not only get uh, hit by light by the fluorescent or other lights that come in through the windows of your kitchen, but they also get hit by the heat. And those mm-hmm. extreme temperatures really will spoil your wine and you'll have a lot more cooking wine than you will drinking wine. So let that be a lesson to you. Yes. Yes. Uh, and with that in mind, because I do, 
This may surprise some of our listeners, but I do occasionally end up with cooking wine because I didn't finish an entire bottle of wine. Uh, and so they recommend that, you know, once you open a bottle of red, you don't need to store it in the fridge. You can just cork it, but that it should be consumed within two days, which I've found to be pretty accurate. Sometimes maybe I can get a third day out of it, but not usually. And a bottle of white, they do suggest putting back in the fridge, and that can actually keep for five days. And something that I've tried in the past, which um, helps a little bit, you know, they have those different pumps where you can, you know, pump the air out or put a little bit of inert gas in. And that does extend the life of the wine somewhat. No, that's a good point. And I would say I live in a hot temperature, so all my wine goes back in the fridge because Man, it's as much as we mm. have three air conditions in my house, it doesn't work. So unless you have a really cool or um, darker place to store it, I have a lot of light that comes into my kitchen, so I probably want my wine to stay the same. Um, the other thing to note is it's common practice to store your wine bottles horizontally, so you see wine racks, and I have a simple, honestly, they're really... Um, cheap wooden racks that just store them in a flat way because we have a lot of wine bottles with cork and cork is a rare commodity that maybe we should talk about at some point but more packaging um, of bottles especially whites are screw screw off lids and they have different mm-hmm. synthetic corks because some of the corks have spoiled wine before but typically the idea was to have it on its side laying horizontally on a rack because it doesn't dry out and it prevents the cork from drying out or and getting air into the bottle so um, that's something to think of so if you're having wine in different formats because wine can come in different containers that maybe we should talk about sometime um, we it, it may be stored differently or in a different place but if you have a typical bottle with a cork recommended dark place um, not near heat and on its side, whether it's white or red. And I think we should, because we've, we've talked quite a bit about the storing of the wine before it's open and after it's open, but we haven't really talked about serving tips yet. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, the expression, I like to say, mm, has your wine, have you let it breathe lately? It's kind of like a flighty thing that I was like, why do they say that? And it's kind of, I think, snobbish, but... Some of our wines are pretty, as I call it, tight, and they need to have space to breathe. So they recommend decanting wine. So pouring it into a wider container. Um, you don't need a fancy decanter. You can get them very inaffordable, or you can just leave them in a glass, and that would help your wine get some air. So they call it aeration. So it lets mm-hmm. it breathe, and the aromas take in the oxygen around. So yeah, that's one way, and it, it also grabs the environmental or ambient temperature of the room. So if you need it to warm up in a warm place like mine, I'm going to open mine up so it does that a little bit earlier as I'm cooking or just before my meal's ready. And they do sell, some, again, some tools that help to aerate the wine a little bit quicker. And I've heard, although I have not done any, I don't have any evidence, but I, I, I've heard that some of the more expensive wines don't need to aerate as much as some of the less expensive wines. So if you're being economical, there are a lot of really good low-cost wines, but that's a situation where you might want to invest in a low-cost um, aer- aerator. 
Yeah, those things are really cool. We have one of them in our house, and it's not always by the year, because some people are like, it's an old wine, it needs to be mm-hmm. I was like, not necessarily. It might just be on the type of wine, and there's lots of really great websites. Um, maybe we should talk about one, one day is uh, looking at like the, how they rate them and the recommendations for serving, because... We didn't go into the nuances of each individual type of wine, but we'll give you a link to the proper serving temperatures for different wines and recommendations that we found from different sommeliers, websites, and, of course, the wine Bible that we're reading. But mm-hmm. I think um, the aeration, um, it's kind of like a, it goes through a little nozzle, and it goes through and it uh, lets it um, swirls it around in a really tight nozzle. So it looks like a mini funnel, and you pour it through, and that does work. But if you have the time, you do want to, and the decanter, you do want to let it sit out for a little bit. And it looks lovely when you share and you have a meal with your uh, friends, family, and whatnot. So you can uh, enjoy it that way as well. Yes. Did you know about pouring the wines toward the center of the glass? I did not, no. That was also something, I think it's somewhat intuitive Maybe it's not intuitive, but like pouring a, a bubbly wine like a champagne um, in a tilted glass towards the edge of the glass. Uh, and maybe it's because that's how you pour beer, which is also um, carbonated. But no, I never had given much thought to the pouring of the wine towards the center of the glass. Neither had I. So I, I, as I think about it, like if you have a sparkly Prosecco, yeah, you pour against the side, just like you would for a beer or a cider or a soda, because you don't want to have that, um, they call it the head or the foam part of the drink, mm-hmm. um, which it makes sense. And we do it probably intuitively because we've learned how to pour a soda, or if you call it pop, or whatever you call it. Uh, so if it's sparkling drink or water, you know that it's going to fizz up and uh, overflow. So center of the glass, noted. We're learning so much, Patrice. We are. We are going to be very much wine connoisseurs. Mm-hmm. Now I just need drinkers. to get. Yeah, I need to get myself out um, exploring some uh, some wines of the Finger Lakes. I know. Uh, well, that that will come up. Maybe we'll do that in a future vignette episode. That'll be a challenge. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go see you, Patrice. That'd be good. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's all the quick four one one. We're going to give you on storage temperature and serving there's more i'm sure and we'd love to hear what you want to learn about uh, we're still reading from the wine bible second edition we'll put in the show notes with links and resources and tips and we'd like to know what do you want us to chat about if you have a question uh, email us at invinofabulum at gmail.com at 3wedu on the twitter you can catch us there and if you like the show then give us a little star in the apple podcast and write us a comment we'd love to know what you're thinking about what you like about this what do you want us to change we're open to that so until next time cheers <laughs>